0: Hype Beast and Hype Radio. I am Jeff Staple, and this is The Business of Hype a show about creative entrepreneurs, brand builders, innovators, and the realities behind the dreams they've built. Today's episode is brought to you by my good friends at New Balance. They just dropped the latest evolution to the classic 997 franchise. It's simply called the 997H. It's an instant classic in my opinion. And my favorite colorway? Probably the Magnet Energy Red. But it's pretty hard to choose. It drops this month and it's available in dope colorways all over the world at better New Balance retailers. And much like what we do here at The Business of Hype, New Balance is all about supporting the fearlessly independent. So whether it's the athletes they serve or the creatives that they collaborated with, Like me, New Balance has been celebrating entrepreneurship since 1906. You can learn more at newbalance.com. He's a culinary pioneer and a community visionary, someone who has truly changed the world by single handedly elevating the food truck phenomenon to new levels. And he's only just begun. Everyone welcome Roy Choi to the Business of Hype podcast. He is the creator of the world-renowned taco truck Kogi and his new Vegas restaurant, Best Friend. The journey to success wasn't always smooth for Roy, so listen in as he tells his amazing story. This is dope because we get to do this in your new home.
1: Yeah. Right? Right next to a... uh... Big light box filled with photography of Los Angeles, with a on a Boyle Heights photo right next to us. With a low rider, yeah, all um, hydraulic up at this <laughs> at, at this at the signal. So you're in your comfort zone here. I am. I tried to create. I tried to create Los Angeles in this restaurant um, the best way that I I knew how yeah. and uh, express it and and just really send a love letter to the world about Los Angeles and when you walked in here, I just wanted you to feel like you were in LA. You know, and I, I the thing that I would joke about like to myself is that, you know, they created uh, Rome and Lake Como and uh, Venice and, mm. and, you know, all these places, uh, all these kind of like fantastic uh, amusement style places that mimic these, these faraway lands. Yeah. And I wanted to um, look at LA through that lens mm-hmm. In this restaurant right and of course we're in las vegas right now yeah and so intro like give me the full intro
0: of the restaurant name where we are like the proper introduction
1: yeah yesterday was uh, opening day december 19th it's best friend las vegas and it's in the new park mgm hotel which is um a huge like 600 million dollar renovation of the old monte carlo mm-hmm. and um the front will be Italy. And then you have an amazing st- steakhouse out of Chicago called Bavette's. You have the Nomad Hotel, who those guys are ballers, you know, yeah. what they do. Yeah. And then um, you have On The Record Nightclub, which are the Houston Brothers, which are, they're like, uh, I guess the word's Imperisarios imp- parasar- imp- or whatever that word is. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're the nightclub kings out in L.A. And, yeah. then, um, and then you got me, the weird little kind of cousin. And uh, <laughs> you got Best Friend, which is... Um, the portal is Koreatown. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I really looked at the whole experience as um, as being like a ride. And so as soon as you enter the doors, there's a liquor store sign. It's, yeah. a, it's a full liquor store in the front. And they didn't want it to be like a fake liquor store in a sense. like uh-huh. So you can buy... It's a true store. You can buy condoms. Oh, okay. You can buy condoms to aspirin, and <laughs> whatever you want to do. Yeah. And then um, it's also a bar. And then through that liquor store, you kind of transport yourself through L.A. And then you go through another kind of hidden little hallway mm-hmm. and then that shoots you out into the restaurant which is uh which is even more alley like. yeah it's dope i mean <laughs>
0: i was you. blessed to be at the opening last night and mm-hmm. food was amazing thank you like really really amazing thank you yeah that was day one too so yeah, we're only, it's gonna, only gonna, gonna get better, gonna get better. <laughs> yeah or worse <laughs> but i think what what was really dope is how like happy you feel while eating here yeah you know like it's just it makes
1: you feel so good it's not pretentious it's like yeah. you know it's just dope well, I think it's all the elements of the place. Obviously, uh, the artists that we've gotten involved. I mean, uh, including yourself down yeah. the road, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right at the front window, Patrick Martinez. You got Patrick Martinez, one of my front favorites. Yeah. yeah. You have these photos are shot by Travis Jensen. Mm-hmm. Um, those kimchi ongi pots are are done out of an artist out of Montana. We have um, this mural that's right behind yeah. me on yep. both walls, which, which represents Los Angeles. In a beautiful kind of like garden, um, trippy garden, psychedelic way. And that's done by an uh, artist named Fung. And um, our designer and our brand designer, everyone involved are artists. So Mm -hmm. um, every little detail was thought through. And then the food, you know, I'm at a place now where I can cook food that I think is delicious versus food to uh, pump my ego or make me win something, quote unquote win. You know, so... Um I'm able to really just tap in and really feel the room and and figure out like how do you want to eat right now and how do you how do you want to feel when you eat mm-hmm. you know and, so on that mm-hmm. level of like doing something to pump up your own ego versus mm-hmm. i guess the opposite of that is just doing something that makes people feel good, right? yeah. yeah, just cooking to make people feel good almost um very motherly or or auntie like in a yeah, sense yeah yeah, you
0: know? yeah, like you know, we ordered the fries last night. This is just an anecdote, but, like, my girl was like, why would you get French fries here? Like, you could get all this other amazing Mm -hmm. stuff. Why would you get the fries, right? But then the fries came, and she was like, yo, these fries are ridiculous. Because you get the dip with that fries. You get the dip, but you also, if I'm not mistaken, you put, like ramen flavoring oh yeah them. we make like, a ramen
1: salt yeah ramen, instant ramen, ramen salt, salt. Yeah. instant ramen salt that that's you just right. put on the
0: fry so it's just that simplicity of like why didn't anyone think of this it's like yeah. <laughs> some <laughs> pothead shit you know yeah. late at night you're like how would this taste together
1: and that's what i that's what i do you know like uh your whole life is if you grow up a stoner like um you're you're you're, t- you're kind of like not cast out by society but you you know everything that you see that is real or that you the lens that you're seeing the world through and the experiences and the feelings are all considered to just be a part of your high versus it being kind of a a, like a a door that's unlocked yeah you know and so um you know i cook i cook for stoners i cook for i cook for a stoner state of mind but also it allows me to think about all the different like nuances and and hidden pockets of flavor and Mm -hmm. all these little things you know do you create recipes better when you're high uh no I I don't think it's a matter of like getting high and then creating like the illest shit or something like that it's I think it's more of um like just being high a lot a lot of ideas come and even if one kernel of a million ideas mm-hmm. somehow like sperm I guess you know <laughs> somehow <laughs> swims, swims yeah all the way through it, yeah and makes it all the way through it, then it was worth it you know what I mean like just one little thing you know right right um out of all of this like experience and kind of like Uh, visceral life and going through everything um if that one little thing somehow um helps with the color of that chair right there yeah then it was all worth it you know right
0: yeah yeah so your life it's funny you used a little sperm analogy but like the journey of your life Mm -hmm. for the past few decades in like the restaurant scene in la Mm -hmm. has also been like this little guy like swimming through upstream and stuff right
1: yeah i mean if you look at it on paper. I mean we're look we're looking at this photo right now in Boyle Heights on First and State Street. Like I was right there on the corner selling tacos mm-hmm. ten years ago. Uh right at this time ten years ago. And then now I'm opening, you know, yeah. this six, seven million dollar restaurant <laughs> in a casino. Yeah. And then all all of the culture that happened in between. Mm-hmm. So I really look at this restaurant as like a like a ten year milestone. Yeah. You know, I I've stayed independent for ten years, Jeff. Like mm-hmm. I I've really uh, there are many cases where i could have like i guess gotten vc money or or um, backing and backing yeah, or yeah. or sold sold parts of companies or whatever the case may be and um you know i i grew exponentially in the 10 years but every move was independent i don't know if it was deliberate that way but i think something happened to me with kogi you know like it was a miracle that that I was down on my luck, and then I was selling tacos with my friends, and, and we started a phenomenon, right? It, mm-hmm. like, broke through. So, in a way, I had to, like, kind of always honor that, yeah. in a sense, you yeah. know? Um,
0: and for those who don't know, it's the Kogi, yeah, taco Kogi truck. truck. Yeah, Kogi Truck, yeah. Which is, like, a legendary food yeah, staple now. I'm sure
1: your listeners know. <laughs> they, hope hope you they actually know. created, like, a new, not only a new
0: business, but, like, a new category.
1: Yeah, we were in a perfect storm. It was the 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 fall of the economy in 08, the real estate crisis, it was a lot of people either getting laid off or getting demoted or whatever the case may be. Um, food, the food world was still in the in the infancy of blogging, mm-hmm. and the iPhone just came out, yeah, and yep. Twitter just came out, mm-hmm. and and then the old food world, which was based around fine dining mm-hmm. and um, stars, and- and stars, reviews, uh european-based cuisine yeah um all of these things they still were on the court yeah they were still holding it they were still holding court um but then this this perfect storm in kind of like november december january of oh eight oh nine, um kind of shocked the whole system yeah uh twitter we were the first to kind of utilize and figure out by accident Mm -hmm. but figure out how to do um social media and food together yeah yeah. Um, without just sending out coupons or, right. um, you know, things like that. Right, because you would tweet out a location, and then people would just run to that location. We would tweet out locations. We would stay in touch with our building kind of fan base mm-hmm. through just just our honesty and our randomness on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and again, it was just the perfect storm that everyone was starting to get, you know— a, 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 I guess you call them smartphones uh, get a smartphone <laughs> yeah, at that you time a smartphone. but there was I mean, a democratization because yeah. right before Kogi it was still at the point where people were having those you know like the sidekicks still and the, yep, the slide yep. uh, Nokia's and yeah. you know all that stuff right um, it was still a luxury and, and a little bit unattainable to get an iPhone yeah. you know I think they were probably maybe 1500 bucks or right. maybe 800 right. 900 whatever it was but it was a lot back then for something that wasn't ubiquitous in mm-hmm. daily life. Yeah, so yeah. people really didn't take the leap yet. Right. Until, I remember people were yeah. still carrying around, like, Zagat books. They were still carrying Zagat <laughs> books, <laughs> even know? Yellow Pages. Yeah, and, that's and how this you This was just places. 10 years ago, I man. know, it's crazy. Blackberries were um, still dominant, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. at that time. And um, again, yeah, it was still, I mean, it wasn't, like, complete, like, flip-flip burner phones, but it was like, it wasn't, everyone didn't have a screen on the yeah, phone exactly. at that time. If you don't know, now I hope you do.
0: Kogi was no doubt revolutionary. It came at a perfect time that was ripe for an intersection in technology and food, especially for the streets. He helped usher in an appreciation for non-fine dining and raise the stakes on how you actually communicate with your customer. Roy helped lay the blueprint for food trucks and mobile chefs that you see today on Instagram. I'm sure there are case studies created about Kogi for brands to run activations and experiences in a similar way. You can say it was amazing marketing. If anything, it was Roy just being Roy. But above all, the tacos are damn good. And that's just not me saying this. Everyone from local Angelenos to the respected food critics and chefs all agree. That rings true for anyone in the industry. If you have an innovative communication strategy and clever branding, it just won't hold up and sustain itself if the product isn't amazing.
1: But leading up to Kogi, even before that, Kogi was your first business, right? Yeah, I was never an entrepreneur or a businessman before that. I um, I think looking back in hindsight, I, I always had it. I mm-hmm. always saw the, the world in my own way, but... Um, I was never kind of groomed or raised to to realize that I had it. So to do it on your own. i I'm Asian, yeah. so I, uh, I was raised to go to school and and work hard and when, and mm-hmm. uh, get good grades and right. go, you know graduate from college and become uh, a professional, some professional with three letters behind your name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two or three letters right. behind your name with periods. Yeah,
0: after yeah. each letter, you know. Yeah, you know, the you're raised to do it the safe, stable way.
1: Yeah, and um, and not only the safe, stable way, but there was just no, you know, like there was just no like conception of being a creative person mm-hmm. you on know, your own, on making your own, your own yeah. living. Yeah, totally. You know, it um, wasn't
0: even like I don't know about you, but I, it
1: wasn't even like our parents were like shunning it. No. It just wasn't even a thing. It's not even a thing. You yeah. know, it's not <laughs> even like um, yeah. You know, if I had shown some gifts of painting or something, they mm-hmm. would have encouraged that, you know, mm-hmm. but I just didn't know what it was I was supposed yeah. to do. So, yeah, yeah. uh, so the things that I love to do, which are hanging out on the street, just riding buses, cruising, um, fixing up my car, low riding, listening to music, hanging out in parking lots, eating, eating burritos and tacos mm-hmm. on the you know, all these life. things that <laughs> life, all these things that I loved, um, they they were they were never given to me in the context that they could also be a career.
0: Yeah, right. right. Those it was were, just, separate. It were separate. They were separate. Yeah,
1: yep. And so, um, so you were a working chef, like yeah. And right. so, anyways, yeah, yeah. I, I I I tried all that stuff, and then I became a chef uh-huh. finally at like twenty six. Mm-hmm. Culinary school, um, became a chef. Worked in a lot of kitchens in Manhattan, and um, and then. I decided to go into a, kind of like hotels and resorts and stuff. Yeah. So I spent about like 10 years of my life running huge hotels and, and mm-hmm. small like boutique resorts and things like that. And, you know, I thought that was it. I, I actually reached one um, kind of milestone, a mountaintop uh, in my career as as a chef. I was became the chef of the Beverly Hilton mm-hmm. where they hold the Golden Globes and all that stuff. Yeah. And that, you know, at that time, you know, I didn't know that there was going to be a phenomenon behind... Around the corner, totally. yeah. So that was like a huge you made thing it for me. I you made, made it. it. I yeah, made it. I was making like a hundred thousand a year, right? You know, benefits, two weeks vacation, all that stuff. And celebs. then, and then, <laughs> and yeah, celebs. And then with the opportunity from there to um maybe run a region or mm-hmm. yeah, go to the you know a uh, uh, they more luxury brand, the Conrad brand, or mm-hmm. maybe even go international. So those were like the Biggest dreams that I had yeah. at that time, and then now compare them to 10 years later where I want to bring peace to the world, you know. So it's kind of like weird. Like, now I, I through a taco, I you know, I've developed a philosophy that I've shared with tens of thousands of people that believe mm-hmm. in me. You know, I'm yeah. like a jam band, you, yeah, know, yeah. you know, like Widespread Panic or Fish or Mo or something, right. you know, like building now, a fan base now one I, at a time, yeah. It's building, 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 and now. I have the ability to um, influence culture, you know, and that's that that, that's a huge fucking leap, Mm -hmm. you know, that no one really prepares you for. But uh, but you just fast forwarded
0: a decade. So I want to go back. Mm -hmm. I want to ask why, like you had the cushy job, the benefits, six figure salary, notoriety. What was the thing that made you say, I'm going to get a truck instead?
1: Oh, I lost that job. Okay. So, um, so you well, lost that well, job. That'll, actually, that'll do it. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- <laughs> I lost that job uh, because of the, cri- the economy. I was mm-hmm. overpaid and all this stuff, and um, and I couldn't get another job. Really? You know? Yeah. It was weird. Um, and I think I like to look at it as kind of the spiritual mm-hmm. fork in the road that was meant to be. Right. You know? Um, that's my kind of like idealistic look at it. But it, uh, I couldn't get another job. I uh, you know, at that time, I was at the peak of my career, right? Mm-hmm. So I was demanding six-figure salaries, yeah, and, yeah. and um, everyone was, in, in, in the business world, everyone was, whether it was the food world or your world, uh, design, or even Nike or anyone, yeah. right? Everyone at that time was looking like, do I need to pay that guy 175000 or whatever the case yeah. may be, or do I get, like, the guy that's been working under him, mm-hmm. that's as good or almost as good yeah. and pay him half the price 55 yeah. or 65 right and we were in that it was that zone so i you I, had I outpriced yourself because you were too yeah high and level. then yeah. and then the economy crashed yeah. so in that moment i spent about three months trying to look for a job and i couldn't get one and in my book i wrote um in my mind i was like frustrated but in my book i wrote i was probably to all of these uh places i applied to i was like a a, a guy a wrinkled guy with a wrinkled resume wearing a wrinkled suit I felt like I was probably someone that didn't i I was probably lost at that time because mm-hmm. I was so depressed you know mm-hmm. when you lose your job at like your mid 30s mm-hmm. and have a family you know that's scarier than losing it at nineteen yeah. yeah you know so um but I think i don't know i i i I truly hold on to that idealistic kind of kaleidoscope belief of that it was meant to happen mm-hmm. because um if I would have gotten a job kogi would have never happened yeah you know if somewhere within those 3 months mm-hmm. 3 to 4 months uh, I would have taken anything yeah to be honest I would have taken I would have taken the demotion to work back up mm-hmm. you know I had bills yeah. you know so it's not like even now as I look back you weren't being a diva I wasn't being a diva, and as, even now, as I as I dissect all of the things, I wasn't. There was no way that I was going to turn down the job, thinking like, you know, um, let me just wait this out and see what comes no, next, yeah. right? They just uh, want to call him back. Yeah, and so because of that, after after those three months, finally my friend called me, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yo, I heard you lost your job. We worked together at the Beverly Hilton." He's like, "Yo, I lost. Heard you lost your job. Why?" You know, I got this idea. We put Korean barbecue in a taco. We go in front of the clubs at 2 a.m. And we make fucking millions, you know. (laughs) Did (laughs) you think he was crazy? uh, I didn't think he was crazy, but I was like, I had no footing of like how to say yes or no. Like he bought me a coffee in K-Town. And I was just like, cool, I got free coffee out of this. But but, like being here in Vegas, you know how like you can't sleep sometimes. Like Uh everything is just buzzing. Yeah, yeah you know especially if you've won or lost or even if you've just partied whatever mm-hmm. it felt like that i couldn't go to sleep i couldn't i couldn't get this out of my mind and then the next morning i called him i was like well, "Fuck it, let's roll mm-hmm. and from that moment everything just fell into place naturally yeah you know we just we literally started a business on a, on a napkin mm-hmm. you know as you as it said yeah and we went in and we, you know we put in 1500 bucks into the business that together. must have been scary though yeah, you know, and that's it and then we You're just like counting, like counting pennies and here's what we're counting pennies. We went in, um and we literally everything but everything became very instinctual mm-hmm. at that time. That was actually even though it was money I didn't have really in mm-hmm. a sense, it everything was completely instinctual where I didn't second guess a fucking thing. Yeah. So as soon as he soon as I said let's roll, we went to the produce market. We went to um all of my old connects as a chef and went directly to the source and said, Hey, we'll come out the back dock and buy directly from you, the meat purveyors, the produce, uh everything like that. And then um and then we just started prepping and then I, I worked on the prototype and we all ate it the first one and we just looked at each other like we saw a ghost. You know, it was just like we were possessed. And then literally from that moment the next day we went in and prepped and went out. Wow. Yeah. Can you eat something of your own and just know
0: that this is a home run? Um, you just know it.
1: I, I know it, but because um, <laughs> when I was it. when I was younger, I I, I like with Kogi, uh-huh. I know it without editing. Like mm-hmm. it was just raw. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just raw, like early Wu Tang or whatever. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it's just it's not perfect, but it it's just. It captures the essence, okay. But then, as you grow as a, a as a entrepreneur, CEO, professional, whatever, mm-hmm. as you know, mm-hmm. things become the stakes become higher because mm-hmm. at that time yeah. there are no stakes, yeah. right? So the stakes become higher, the lens becomes more critical, mm-hmm. the projects become more more um, like demanding, There's intricate, more. yeah, demanding, right? Mm-hmm. And so, in that case, I am still hitting it the essence, but it it what I think, where where I stop sometimes, I have, some like, my right hand, Natasha, someone will tell me, and we've developed a system. She gives me notes on paper. She doesn't tell me in person. Oh, like, wow. So, like, when she'll eat something, and then she'll write it down, uh-huh. and then, like, a couple hours later, she'll give it to me. That's because super key. Because when it's criticized to you verbally, it feels different than feels when you different read it. feels different, and especially in that moment. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, if you put everything into it, uh-huh. and you put it on the <laughs> table, and you in your mind, or putting it on a table and just dropping the mic, right, in mm-hmm. a sense? Yep. And then someone says, well, you know, that wasn't as flaky as you, you said, and then the, yeah. the, the sauce on the bottom just doesn't work. Right. You, you know, it needs more acid. And then all of a sudden those things just... You can't help but take it as, like, yeah. a personal affront. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So for me, like, as a, as a different creative, but, like, when I design a shoe or a shirt or whatever, I almost never finish the design. I'm like, that's a home run. Like there's mm. always a little bit of like anxiety as a
1: creative. Do you still feel that way too? I do now for sure. Um, like th- with this project, I'm you know living and breathing best friend and just every day. Just are people gonna love it? Are people mm-hmm. gonna love it? You know, um, and not just the food, but everything, everything. interior, everything. the yeah. bathroom, the smell, the music, yeah, right? Everything, and just <laughs> the way I compensate for it, I guess, is I I literally give it my all, mm-hmm. literally, like every ounce gram of my soul. Yeah, yeah. I, I put into it and so that at least if the shit is whack, at least I I, I, I can I can like you didn't hold back. Like, I didn't hold back and I yeah. can just be a, a begrudging old like <laughs> fierce guy that defends it and yeah, fights for it. You right, know, right. but um You can be like Bob Dylan. Yeah. You can be like, <laughs> <"Brawr."> <laughs> <laughs> um but, you know, as you know, like as you get better and better with projects, um, you start to see the science of things. Mm-hmm. You know, you start to see um, the first process for me is I, I, I let the vision take take control first. So let's say you were MGM and we just um, decided to get into business mm-hmm. together once even before contract phase and all that. Once we've like kind of decided as people, like yeah. let's go for this. Yep. Then, then I kind of go into like this kind of meditative place where I'm just like I open up everything to give me like signals, mm-hmm. like what are we gonna build, you know, like what is it gonna be, and I just open it up to the skies, you know, and it just and then things start to come through, and I start to piece those together like Legos in my mind mm-hmm. or my soul, whatever, and then um, then I start to see it. So the first yeah. thing is always the vision. Then I st- with best friend, that's exactly how it happened. Then I started to. I started to see the the components and the pieces of it, street food, bringing people to L.A., um, making those that are from L.A. feel a sense of pride, like, fuck yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. homie did it. You yeah, know? Yeah. And then those that have never been to L.A. or don't know much about L.A. walk in and finally get it, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so those are all components that you see that yeah. made it all the way to the finish line. But at that know? beginning stage, are you seeing dishes yet? I'm seeing dishes. I'm seeing um, colors. I'm seeing spaces. I'm seeing feel. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm seeing all that stuff. But it's very. It, it, it's still shifting. It keeps shifting. It's it's keep like, shifting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. And then and then and then then once I know it's kind of there, um, the same thing happened to me with Chego. Um, we have a rice bowl restaurant, which was my first place we opened after Kogi. Mm-hmm. It was like that was not a truck. It was the that first was not thing. a truck. Yeah. yeah, it was a year and a half after Kogi. Because that first year was crazy. Mm-hmm. we again, being independent artists, we saved all our money, and um, we were all self-funded all the way through. So we yeah. saved that money, bought a little mini mall storefront, um, and uh, just you know, spent like 30, forty thousand, and mm-hmm. built a restaurant, you mm-hmm. know, and that was Chego. yeah, it was Chego. Okay. And, um, and that I knew f- the same way. as soon as we all decided as a, as a company. And as a group, like let's try something. We we we've saved some money in the bank. Let's try something. I was like, okay, let me look around. Let me think. Let me think. What do people want? And then it was rice bowls. Mm-hmm. You know. Then I started thinking of like Yoshinoya and like yeah. how how big that was for me as a kid. And uh-huh. then and then all the bad rice bowls at like mall food courts. You know, with the steamed broccoli and carrots and yep. and the in the teriyaki chicken and, and the sludgy rice. <laughs> and then and then I started thinking about that. I was like, you know what. And then I started thinking about like the refrigerators of us as kids growing up, and how it's hard to be like you know like when you bring friends over, just like yo, <laughs> don't open that, don't go in there, and um, and I was like, okay, let me create this place where we can finally kind of confront our refrigerator through a rice bowl, mm-hmm. and sh- and sh- share it with the world, and so that became Chego, okay, and then, and this became Best Friend through L.A. And from there, what other restaurants did you do? Reel, um, real I did all. a restaurant called A Frame, mm-hmm. which is still around. It's doing really great. It's um uh, uh like an all you can eat fried chicken barbecue pancake spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that in an IHOP? Yeah, it's in an old IHOP. <laughs> so uh-huh. you took an old IHOP and, and made a pancake in... house, yeah, but with a twist, like with a kind of a Hawaiian backyard <laughs> barbecue vibe. Did you go out looking for an IHOP, or the IHOP stumbled upon you? The IHOP stumbled upon me. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> And my partner and we and when i wa- when you walked me into the property um again, I just felt it, so mm-hmm. sometimes those things will happen when you when you walk into something, you can feel it and mm-hmm. it's, and if you've had a little bit of momentum and a run, and I know maybe a lot of you may be listening that either are successful or on your way or trying to figure out how to get there right and uh, in all stages but if you if you start to build momentum and start to get kind of like into the on your way phase mm-hmm you can walk into environments and then the, the things instantly speak to you yeah. because you're kind of like uh, geared up for it and, right. and you can kind of act upon it mm-hmm. versus it being just a dream yeah actually
0: my store read space in new york that was mm-hmm. it i wasn't looking for a store space i stumbled upon the store space and then uh-huh. it, it then, spoke
1: to me then it spoke speaks to you yeah. exactly that's what happened with a-frame yeah. no doubt
0: this is true It's really insightful to hear about Roy's process. This is important. It doesn't matter who you are. Defining your process is vital for doing great work, but also staying consistent. That process can be unique to you too. What works seamlessly for you might be foreign to the next person. So know what works. It'll take time to find it, but in Roy's case, once it clicks and is constantly put into practice, it'll become automatic. That's where you find those serendipitous moments, those times where things just speak to you. His growth is amazing. From losing a stable position, thrown into uncertainty, and going all in on a new venture, a true taco truck adventure. It may be a cliche, but his story has some parallels to many other Business of Hype guests. Whenever faced with an opportunity, going all the way through the door may be the best decision you can make. Having one foot in may actually be the thing that's holding you back. From the very beginning, Roy has gone all in with his vision. Perfecting his process has allowed him to keep an eye out for how to expand. This isn't a we need to open as many locations and as many high demand areas type of expansion. It's listening to what people want and having a keen sense of what simple things can be updated and introduced.
1: And then okay, so after A Frame, then what came next after that? Yeah, we have A Frame and the Alibi Room, which are kind of connected. Alibi mm-hmm. has a little pop up, um, kogi stand inside. We have Chego and then we have um I built the Line Hotel, um mm-hmm. commissary pot. Okay. With the with the Seidel group and then kind of kinda of really brought um a big focus to Koreatown, mm-hmm. you know. This was, was, K-town, yeah. this was five years ago, uh two thousand thirteen or so. Mm-hmm. And um you know, K Town was still K Town. was not many people were were looking at it as "quote unquote" the hottest city in America, yeah. which it became. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, you know I got approached with this hotel project to take over all the food and beverage, and um, I, I just felt I was ready. Uh, you know, I, I've been I grew up in K Town. I've been partying there my whole life, and all of my life is there are dentists, my supermarket. <laughs> you know my That's foot massage yeah. my podiatrist yeah you know, they're all there right? skin care you're the fucking barber you know whatever it's all there you mm-hmm. know and so i just i felt like i could do i could do something for for the town and uh, we did mm-hmm. you know we we um we brought the world's eye to koreatown yeah on our own terms and yeah. that was that at that time that was my kind of vision back then was like bring the world to k-town on our terms Mm -hmm. um where you know it's kind of like they're like reflections of the same vision where his best friend is let the world see la um in, in a capsule um the true la that i i feel i can represent yeah the The Lion Hotel project was kind of the same, but a little bit a little bit of a wider vision of let everyone come here to Koreatown, and experience it on on our own terms. So then, then after that, um, I felt like I needed, um, I was being driven in my own self to to figure out how to how to take care of more people, mm-hmm. you know. So built a project called Local, um, in Watts with Chef Daniel Patterson, and the whole community of Watts. And um, also a, a kind of a student-run smoothie cafe called Three Worlds Cafe. So those are my two kind of, kind of like semi-nonprofit, um, community-based projects, based projects yeah. where, um, you know, trying to create prosperity and wealth and jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's was built around grain-based, healthy fast food, employing from the community, um, serving back to the community, serving right. back to the community, letting the community run it, and. Um, And no matter what what your history or past was, even your record, uh, your criminal record, anything, you know, your application was your name and your phone number. You know, and, you know, we were trying to redefine the whole hiring process. Because a part of the flaws in our economy is is the burden that we make people pay for mistakes they made when they were young. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, if you did something, especially people of color. Yeah. you know so like if you did something when you're 18 and you're and you were out in 5 years and you're 26 24 26 and you're trying to get a job but you got a felony on your record you're not going to get a job mm-hmm. you know so um to me i think that is you know we're never going to fix the system if we keep punishing right keep yeah. punishing if right. no one can get can get any source of um reparation yeah to, to what they did in life so you know? local
0: was kind of like a social experiment too not just a food experiment but yeah like.
1: it was a social experiment in the fact that both daniel and i were at the height of our chef careers yeah. right so um we could almost garner any form of attention mm-hmm. like if, if him and i were just to open a, a restaurant like this yeah in any city it would you know it would be the at the top of every foodie and, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, your reputation. Had proceeded yeah. yeah, it, yeah. Would, it would, it would, so you it, went the other way. <laughs> yeah. And so what we, we decided to do is like, let's take this moment, you know, cause who knows how long attention and fame and, 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 mm-hmm. and influence last, yeah, you yeah. know? So we are like, let's take this moment and and do something good for the, for the world and try to break down some walls and so we went for it Mm -hmm. was a part of this because maybe and i'm just hypothesizing
0: here but you came from being a salary man right Mm -hmm. chasing the check doing the right thing then you broke off that did kogi amazing success but then here you are now adding restaurant i mean how many kogis did you have at the end at like towards like this time when you opened local like you had like uh, we
1: had four trucks and,
0: uh, and a taco shop. Yeah. So you have that, then you have all these other restaurants, and now you're becoming sort of like the man of the guy that you were working for. In a way, Like you had to be like cognizant of reviewers and critics and stars and James Beer Awards, right? Was local sort of like your
1: eject button out of that world a little bit? Um, I could see what you're saying, but for me, not really, because okay. I I never really got caught up in that whole... Uh, rating system michelin stars or 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 accolades you know um i was fortunate enough to get a few along the way Mm -hmm. but that never defined what i was doing because i was so connected always to the streets Mm -hmm. through 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 kogi and so no matter what was happening around me in the culinary world or the food world i was um or even in my own ego i was always still completely connected Every day, just going out there and serving tacos and seeing seeing the people who ate my food, seeing their faces every day and getting yeah. to know them, and so I knew what where my bond was strong, mm-hmm. you know. And again, like an independent music artist, yeah, you know what I mean, like, yeah. um, like you know, like without a label, if you're selling on your website direct to your fans and and selling out arenas and doing 32 cities, you know, in you know, two thousand, five thousand seat venues, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you know what you know where yeah, you know where your reality lies. Doesn't mean you can't you can't break through it and do fifty thousand dollar fifty thousand seat stadiums mm-hmm. and all that, but but you know without getting um that like investment a in a, or like a grammy or a grammy yeah. or you don't need the grammy or yeah. all that stuff the grammy the accolades or even the investment if mm-hmm. by just doing it on your own and expressing yourself to the people who, who actually give a shit about what you're saying yeah um but it's hard as a creative you know. to they become your yes, critics that's and true. that's where i i've always laid my hat okay is is in in the people that follow Kogi. but did you ever get caught up in like the, the reward system
0: because it's like as a as a mm-hmm. creative it's so hard to be like I don't give a fuck about Grammys yeah. or I don't give a fuck about Michelin stars but it's hard to be
1: but we all do right like
0: you a know a little bit yeah. yeah we all do um, and, not, and not from a business ahead. standpoint yeah. you know that if you are opening a business and it gets a good rating from so and so yeah. and it gets X number of stars you know from a business standpoint that's like
1: lighter fluid on your business of course and from a business side again I was for me I was very lucky in the fact that we built a groundswell from the ground up, as far as like audience, audience like, yeah, goes, yeah. right? So that that didn't matter on that sense, but um, but yeah, I'm not going to just because I'm being very zen about everything right now. That doesn't mean that you don't you don't see what's happening in the mm-hmm. world, right? You, yeah. It's not like you know you don't pick up a magazine or you don't hear the list when it first comes out, yeah, or right whatever, exactly. you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, you and there's competition, your peers, your, your you peers, know. and and you know, there's nothing wrong with being. Uh, applauded for what you do and Mm so um yeah of course i look at it and i think about it and you know you you get spikes of jealousy and envy and and desire and all those things they're all very human qualities but um but i was just at a place where when kogi happened i i don't know i was very grounded by that time because i i had been through so much that coming out of it i didn't need to like I didn't need to prove myself to anyone. Mm-hmm. I was just—I had finally gotten the the ticket to be myself, you yeah. know. So, but yeah, I—I I, um, I definitely you definitely see it and, and think about it, and and it's hard being a creative and getting these accolades because you you instantly sometimes def, defer yourself to like the the humble the the defer the like deflecting, mm-hmm. you know, like. Just trying to do my best. I just, you know, I, you know, um, got a good team behind me. Mm -hmm. You know, and and these are all true things. But like, you can never just say, "Yeah, I'm," you know, like killed it. I killed it. (laughs) I killed it. You know, and, and it's hard for creatives to say that. It definitely is, Roy.
0: There's an interesting balance when recognizing your successes and also recognizing how it can turn people off. I'm glad Roy is real about it. There is jealousy in competition. A need to be humble in order to not, quote unquote, ruffle any feathers. And too many times, being openly proud of your success can come off as arrogant. Roy is and has been killing it. And if he doesn't want to say it out loud, I'm down to do it for him. There's something we can never have enough of. When creating and building your work, be sure to recognize who's in your circle, both close and extended because those are the people who will big you up even when it's not in good taste to do so. Without a doubt, there is a level of camaraderie in today's competition. I mean, just look at sneakers and Instagram. So don't get defeated when things aren't coming your way or you're behind a wall because it doesn't feel right to talk about what you've accomplished. There's a bigger purpose. Doing it for the culture or for your city or your neighborhood, we all want to see each other win. Were you ever nervous opening any of these? Like, what was the most nerve-wracking operation you opened out of all of them?
1: This one was. This has been nerve-wracking. Best Vegas. friend is the most nervous. It's nervous. a new town, new city. Yeah, um, I don't like to take anything for granted. Um, you know, I have no i I had no idea how this town would react to it or, you were, or me, yeah. but it's it, it's been building every day. This is your first away game. My first away <laughs> game. You know, it really yeah. it really is, and. uh and not only my first away game, but my first away game at Yankee Stadium, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. H- hitting cleanup. Yep, you know.
0: Yep, and because this is the big leagues, like MGM yeah. Group,
1: like and Los the size, Vegas. like how big is this place? It's uh not nine square thousand square feet. feet. What was previously your biggest? Um, well, the hotel project was big in Koreatown, but uh-huh. they were all split up. Into yeah, different small things. things. Yeah. yeah, but this is my biggest restaurant today. Yeah, to single date. concept, mm-hmm. big thing. Yeah, but yeah, I mean. Um, it is a different. This is the the big leagues. Uh, as big as where you're from and I'm from, L.A. And New York are mm-hmm. not everyone makes it out yeah. to the coast, right? But everyone makes it to Vegas, mm-hmm. whether it's on business or vacation, yeah. Or around Fam- the world, world. yeah. yeah. Families parties, from whatever. Nebraska to Macau, uh-huh. you know, and everyone and a lot of folks that you by living on the coast. Sometimes we get blinded about really how the rest of the world lives. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and so like this you know no like I, I have to imagine that not there's a lot of people that have no idea who I am you know mm-hmm. so that part's also nerve-wracking too because I'm I'm kind of putting this huge thing out there and mm-hmm. be like, yo come in here like check this out and um, you know I mean it's yeah. not gonna go that way probably, but it, it could have it, if there is an alternate possibility there could be a point where people just don't show up and be like you know who is this guy from? Mm-hmm. we're going to go to the tried and true spot yeah, you know right, so right. um so this has been pretty nerve-wracking and plus i just wanted to yeah i, I it is also testing your your boundaries as a creative person mm-hmm. you know as you say my first away game but it's also like you know i, I you know i know my strengths and my weaknesses and my connection in my hometown yeah you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i know how the ball bounces off the rim yep um but like you know i i just you know it's nerve-wracking just to come to another city and 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 see whether or not um your stuff travels yeah well you You know know, when i flew here
0: i saw an article of you Mm -hmm. in the in-flight magazine oh yeah landed see you on a billboard yeah check into my room uh-huh. there's an article about you in the in room, yeah. room. <laughs> like i was like damn, damn. like you everywhere so yeah. is that comfortable for you is that like because you know i i feel like chefs like to be behind in we the kitchen do. um
1: <laughs> that's why I, I guess there's no way getting around it right now mm-hmm. you know i can't be daft punk or anything anymore <laughs> you know what i mean Put like the mask I, on I, yeah. I, yeah i'm not marshmallow you know and uh <laughs> i you know I, I wish, you know, like a part of me, like an alternate side of me f- wishes I, I had some sort of shadow that went over my face mm-hmm. and I could I could still live like a little bit like Sin City or something with my collars up. Yeah, you know, and but um Yeah, don't you wish sometimes but you it's could not walk. that it's not that case. Don't you wish you could walk through the restaurant
0: and not have people be like, Oh there he is. Like, I, I wish like yeah, you I, could just walk through and just anonymously feel the restaurant right
1: sometimes i i um naively think i'm walking through like i'm invisible uh-huh. like i'm the invisible spider-man yep but like i'm, I'm <laughs> no no <laughs> <People> <laughs> But like, in my mind i'm like walking through yeah. creeping through just checking on tables and stuff and then but what's happening in real time is what you just the, oh there he is he yeah is, yeah you know, stuff like that and but, it definitely influences yeah yeah, yeah but yeah but that 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 kind of meta thing that you you just mentioned about airplane to billboard mm-hmm. to room that's mgm that's that's the, the power of MGM. the power of this away game is that i've i've plugged into an infrastructure and a system and a worldwide system um again being a 10 year milestone i'm ready um i was ready to kind of st- stop being not stop being an independent artist but kind of evolve being you know, I've I've been this independent artist for ten years. Mm-hmm. I looked at this project as as a transition point. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like of like, let me see what let me finally open myself up to what's out there, mm-hmm. and and be on a billboard. You right. Know? Whereas that type of thing, four years ago, would have crushed my soul. It would have been like I would have been like, just. I don't know. You know, it would just been torturing me. Wow. You know? Um. Because, I. I I don't like to put myself front and center, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. so I always try to take at least one sidestep to the whole ecosystem around me mm-hmm. and, and the culture and everything. Um, I don't want to be just the one, you yeah. know. And um, but this project, and I realized that maybe uh, to go around the world, you you have to kind of you have to slide into that position mm-hmm. you know? and let people know you, yeah. you know? yeah, and let people know me. And sometimes you gotta you. You know, it's like when you see the sportscasters talk about certain players that that pass up the shot and pass the ball mm-hmm. when they're the superstar. They're not; they, they haven't confronted right. being the superstar uh-huh. yet. Whether they talk like about you KD, have to take that shot, like KD yeah. or yeah. whatever, before the Warriors and all that stuff. You know, so like it's like now is my time mm-hmm. where I rise yeah. in the last two minutes. I and I take the ball, word, you know, word. and so. Um, you know, 10 years yeah. in the grand scheme of your life
0: is not that long. So it's not. do you ever sit back and reflect those moments where, like, no one was replying to you for getting a job after you got laid off?
1: Yeah, you know, I... Um, like in I, how
0: far you've come in a relatively short amount of time. Yeah, I
1: reflect on it a lot. Um, but I also reflect on the fact that life, once you, quote unquote, make it, it doesn't just last forever Even mm-hmm. Like, I still got problems paying bills, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean, and it can um, be taken away just as fast as just was as given. fast, you Yeah. know. Yeah. Like, um, like if I have a couple bad months, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, I got enough in my bank account the last couple months. Mm-hmm. If nothing else comes in, right? yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like that's the safety net. Yeah, it's that's not, and that's because I've chose this path as an independent artist to to not to not make it to the next level yet. But the thing is. So, I, yeah, I think about how much life has changed, but I also think about how it's always still a grind, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you still, you still, there's, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't reached the point yet where I can just kick my feet up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, um... That might be,
0: now that I'm getting to know yeah. you more, that might be a nature of you that you don't want to be the guy who kicks his feet up ever.
1: Do you? I, do I, you I don't understand. I, I, I haven't figured out the concept of retirement yet. I, you know, it's not <laughs> that I wouldn't do it, but uh-huh. I... I don't understand like i would love to hear a podcast on like a bunch of like 70 year olds that work 30 years at a company and have lived the last 20 30 40 years without making any fucking money (laughs) like how do you do that right (laughs) like like literally how do you do that like like i again if i go a couple months and, and without with a couple bad months i will literally have to start doing what you did to start your company, start maxing out credit cards, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And um, how do you do that for 30 years? <laughs> right? So yeah. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's not that I'm ruling out retirement. I yeah. just don't, I haven't
0: figured out that puzzle yet. Or why do you yeah. think there's such a synergy between chefs and, like,
1: streetwear and sneakers? Mm. I think because sneakerheads, there was the day that, that, that the culture required you, whether it's record digging or, or, or you know, sneakerheads mm-hmm. is... It required you to seek seek it out, yeah. you know it required you to hunt to hunt, yeah and to to find it and to be be there and be a part of it mm-hmm. and food is like that in a way, yeah, you have to hunt it out, right you know, you can't just order it, yep, you know, and uh, I would I argue mean, that food is the last it's the last one it's the last one, and I don't yeah. you know
0: I hope there doesn't come a day where technology like yeah allows you to like. Print out like a Roy Choi taco out of your yeah. kitchen. You We're know? not far from that. I mean, 3D, 3D printed. Th- yeah. yeah. But like, you still have, you could see it on Instagram, but if you want to experience it, you still have to go.
1: You still have to go. Yeah. You still have to wait in line. You yes. still have to, you still have to uh, work the reservation system. Work and the all. reservation yeah. system. You still have to, you still have to work for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think maybe, maybe that's why there's, there's some sort of bond or connection between streetwear and, and food. And, mm-hmm. um, and also, um, I think beyond that part, just the people themselves behind mm-hmm. both cultures, all of us are kind of like a, li- a-, a little bit on the fringe. Yeah. You know, on the yeah. margins. Yeah. You know. In a little the f- weird. In Weird. In the first place, we're <laughs> a little weird. Yeah. You know, um, to be back there in the kitchen and come in at 9 a.m. and leave at 1 a.m. and never sit down, you know. Do it again and, the and next Do it day. again the next day, you know. Um so I, I think because of that, and a lot of, and a lot of this, again with the people involved in in both cultures and professions, we like the same shit. Yeah, you know, just naturally we somehow like the na- same shit, same music, mm-hmm. um, same vibes. You know, um, yeah. we hang out in the same areas, we drink at the same bars. You know, right. um, a, a lot of cooks wear streetwear. I know. You know, and it's so it's just crazy. it's just a. It's just an actual kind of connection.
0: I think yeah. there's also like um, we have the same level of like OCD-ness. Yeah. Where it's like, yes, you could be into shoes and go mm-hmm. to TJ Maxx or Kmart and buy shoes. But yeah. then there's a nuance of this other shoe. Same thing with food, I think. Like, yeah, you could eat anywhere. Yeah. But there's something
1: about my food. Something about my food. There's something about not just that knife, but the knife <laughs> that that I seek out. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, about every piece of material that goes involved and then and then it's also yeah, it's also um this kind of weird uh both both outlets are this weird kind of like manufacturing um blue collar uh production thing but you you have this ability to be creative within mm-hmm. it. You and dial it up. Yeah. And dial it up. And, yeah. it up and I, I think that's where the two kind of intersect. Cool. Well man, good luck on this next chapter of your life. Oh thank you. I, I'm excited to Uh, see where it goes i'm excited to see where it goes mostly and if this helps any of you out there listening like because i finally opened up to it Mm -hmm. you know so we get uh, to see how how it works for you yeah in real time (laughs) in real time like um and 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 to see how i can how i will interact with it and and define what it means to be i guess like a a worldwide mogul or whatever it is mm-hmm. you know like i mean that's where i got my eyes set on now you yeah.
0: know,
1: and it's weird for, for me to even hear myself say that because mm-hmm. again i'm i'm actually really shy and kind of defer a lot but you know i'm ready to to be at mogul and i'm just excited to see where it goes all right man well thank you thank you appreciate it yeah, <laughs> yeah man
0: that's dope Hey, thanks for listening to this enlightening episode with the super talented Roy Choi. As always, you can find out more about the show and listen to other episodes at hypebeast.com slash radio. You can also subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. I personally use Anchor FM. And also leave a comment. Tell us what you think about the show. It definitely helps out a lot. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Staple. And we occasionally answer listener questions. So if you have a question, shoot it over to us at questions at businessofhype.com. The Business of Hype is created in collaboration with Bright Young Things. You can check out their work at byt.nyc. Our director is Daniel Navetta. Our audio engineer is David Rogers-Berry. Our associate producers are Sydney Pacumpra and Christina Hong. This episode was recorded at Sibling Rivalry Studio in New York and on location at Roy's new restaurant, Best Friend in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm Jeff Staple, and you've been listening to The Business of Hype on Hype Radio.